Hi, I'm back. It's been a while, my lovely listeners, but I'm full steam ahead for another inspiring and uplifting 10 episodes of season three. I've been a bit quiet on here as I've been working on some great material for you to enjoy listening to, as always. I hope you will find some comfort and light bulb moments with each episode, as that is always my intention for you. In this season, you will hear from guest experts in the field of holistic and well-being, where they will share takeaway tidbits for you to try out and hopefully share with us on my platform for like-minded people over on Instagram. My tag name is at Nicola Paul, P-A-U-L-L. All of my contact details are in the show notes of whichever directory you are listening on today. There will also be solo episodes from me on how to work through any emotional blocks you might be having, guided meditation tips and advice, and many more grounding and vibrational energy episodes, which, of course, I hope that you love listening to. And if you want to share your experiences on how they have benefited you, my main platform at the minute is Instagram. So also some co-host episodes with some incredible entrepreneurs who I've been blessed to collab with. It's going to be a jam-packed wholesome goodness for my friends and I'm so grateful to have you come on my journey so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Let's head on over to this week's episode Love and Light. Welcome back my lovely listeners In this week's episode, I have the great pleasure of bringing on to the show an inspiring young lady who is a holistic nutritional therapist and a mindset coach, also the founder of Factory of Health. She is very passionate about empowering people to live intuitively and allowing the intellect of the body to be the navigator. Optimizing health starts with awareness and inquiry of oneself. With her skills, knowledge and expertise, she offers a combination of nutritional therapy, spiritual coaching and embodiment practices to create personalized plans that are sustainable and evoke long lasting change and in turn enable you to live in your highest truth and alignment. So let's introduce the beautiful Julia onto the show. Hi Nicola, thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful introduction. Always. I do this with every one of my guests. They are super special to me. I thank them and I'm so grateful to their time. So I like to big it up, big it up, make sure it's all fantastic and amazing so every person gets to know who exactly it is I'm talking to. Lovely. Thank you. That makes me feel all warm inside. Good, 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 and I'm good, super good. excited for our conversation today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Literally, we have been trying to organize this for a little while now. And um, everything just happens for a reason. So, but this is definitely the right time now to be talking about all this amazingness that you can offer um, to the world. And especially now at times, you know, where we're a lot more in need of just some sort of different outlook if you like Mm -hmm. so 
what was your purpose to start this journey into a mind, body and soul lifestyle? Just tell the listeners where, you know, wherever you want to begin from, really. Yes, of course. You know, I always find this to be such a great question. And every time I'm asked that question, something new comes up. And that kind of brings me back to the first point that I want to make is just evolution. Evolution of the journey, of the personal journey that everybody's on. Mm-hmm. And that's not bespoke to me. That's actually the truth for everybody out there. So I'd like to start by letting the listeners know that my the childhood that I had was very much based around cyclical living and seasonal foods. So I grew up in Uzbekistan, which is a landlocked country in Central Asia. And I spent the majority of my childhood in, in the mountains. So I was incredibly integrated with nature, part of it as I was growing up, connected on all, all levels, you know, all senses opened. And then when I moved to the UK, I was 14 years old at the time. Things just really shifted and changed dramatically because I got introduced to a very different pace of life, city life. I adopted the habits of my friends who I was with at school. So I started consuming kind of the Burger Kings and McDonald's at the time, you know, just getting really into the junk foods and really liking it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it, 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 it is tasty food if you've tasted it for the first time in your life. Mm-hmm. So I can see how this starts to, you know, starts to be something that people get incredibly addicted to. Yeah. And I just lived a very, very different type of lifestyle for many, many years as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I was into lots of partying, lots of going out, lots of exploring life to its fullest. I was completely uninterested in spending time outdoors, in nature, which is arguably my actual true environment where I grew up and spent the majority of my childhood in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of took its turn. And then in 2015, I was diagnosed with um, a condition called endometriosis, which very much forced me to look at my health in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I have had many complaints with my health throughout teenage years. Yeah. But that very much gave me a kick up one place to really look at where am I dishonoring myself? Where am I dishonoring my health? How can I actually live in synergy with my nature as opposed to, you know, having behaviors and eating foods and arguably having a lifestyle of one that's going to go completely against it and be detrimental to me. So really, I think the diagnosis of that was very eye-opening and awakening. And at the time, I was already starting to study nutritional therapy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I suppose that's that's really where my journey began, is with the diagnosis of a condition that was incredibly painful and unpleasant. And it really forced me to look inwards 
and start to unravel these different knots and patterns um, and learn how I can thrive as opposed to just be in the state of, I suppose, survival and, you know, plateauing through life. Yeah. So that's really, um, that's really responsible with you as well to acknowledge that there's a big health thing that's just, you know, lumped you right in front of you that you know that you can go one way or the other with it. And your way was to choose the the path of the healthy path, if you like, even in your mind and your body and your soul. Well, all three are connected, the ailments. So, so then now let's lead on to then. So when you found out that you were diagnosed and you started looking down, you know, another route, what were they? Explain what they were. Well, it's safe to say that when I got diagnosed, I very quickly jumped into a victim mindset. And for the listeners to explain what that really means is when we start to look externally and outside of ourselves to put on blame onto someone else for what has happened to us. And I was in that mindset for a few good years of adopting a label. I am sick. I am not well. And poor me. So that kind of continued for, for, I would say, probably three years, which actually went totally against everything that I was implementing from a health perspective. So as soon as I had, I had an operation, I was very lucky to get diagnosed very quickly. On average, it takes 10 years for a woman in the UK to be diagnosed mm-hmm. with endometriosis. It's actually the first, the biggest cause of infertility in the UK. Mm-hmm. And the there there is no treatment per se in the conventional world, but of course with with the knowledge that I was gaining from the nutritional sciences, I quickly understood that there's quite a few things that I could do to implement. So for me, it was very important to cut out alcohol and avoid alcohol as much as I could, and it wasn't difficult at all because it my health was on the line Mm -hmm. and it wasn't just my I could feel this manifesting in my body as physical pain Mm -hmm. and I think when it comes to physical pain in general we are much quicker to do something about it rather than when it's mental health related or it's emotional yeah it's arguably much more noticeable Mm -hmm. you can track the kind of the progress of pain or the decreasing of pain right so there is that scalability you can work with so for me it was absolutely paramount that I make the changes and the main ones were was switching all of my skincare and um, personal care products to natural and organic so Mm -hmm. eliminating all types of toxins and chemicals Um, it was doing a detox I went on a detox retreat where I cleansed my body and the liver and alcohol was a huge huge step and at the same time, I looked at, I started trialing out uh, a predominantly plant-based diet, which for me worked really, really well. And so to this day, I'm personally kind of lingering in the corner of predominantly plant-based when it comes to my nutrition. So yes, yeah, so these were the practical things I applied. But as I mentioned, I was still very much in the mindset of this has happened to me and I can't believe it was me. So that took some time to shift 
for sure. <laughs> so I want to now go on to that a little bit deeper into that mindset. What were the things that helped you, the tools, the the, the re- research, the advice, whatever? What was it that changed your mindset within that three-year span of getting your mind out of the victim mindset into where you are now so what were they what you know just in case there are listeners that are listening today that might be going through what you've been through Mm. might have just been diagnosed the same or whatever it is it would be great if we could give them some takeaway advice sure absolutely so at the time of my diagnosis I was in a fairly new relationship at the time just to give a little bit of a backstory of how it how it shifted throughout the three years of me sitting in that victim mindset. Mm-hmm. And my partner at the time was doing his absolute best to support me through the pain, the operation, the recovery. But it very much affected my self-worth, especially from a point of what could I offer as a woman? Because there are a ton of disturbances that are happening when when one is going through endometriosis or a flare-up per se or just undergone an operation yeah so it started to really weigh on me I started to put on a lot of weight and I just didn't really feel like I was connected to my body in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. and so obviously that kind of grew into disconnection from my partner as well By that time, we were engaged and I felt very much obliged to continue like nothing is wrong. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I felt that within my body, I just really didn't, I didn't connect to it on the level that, on a level where it could kickstart its own healing process. Mm -hmm. So I was applying all these great techniques, which I just told you about, the no alcohol, the, you know, the plant-based diet, predominantly plant-based diet, the more exercise but up in up in my mind I had I had imprisoned myself in this I have to perform if I'm not if I'm not well in that department then I'm I'm wasted goods as a woman so that was very much going through my head yeah and so over the course of this three years that we were together it started to build into resentment not just for me towards myself but his self-worth started to decrease. And, you know, the last year of our relationship, arguably, we didn't have any intimacy. And so when I, when I look back at that time, when I kind of placed myself back in my memory, it was like I was a shadow of myself. I was completely disconnected from sensuality, from my body, from, from the pain. I had just labeled myself as a as somebody who can't be treated and package myself into this um, box that arguably could never be loved again. So that's kind of the mindset that I um, arrived at throughout this journey of unraveling the condition. And then one day it was a very clear, um, I think it was quite sunny in London. And I just remember waking up and thinking, this can't, this can't possibly be the way I live out the rest you know the rest of my days or this can't be this can't be the highest 
peak of my life and I'm still young Mm -hmm. and okay I might not have the self-worth right now and my relationship is going down the drain but there's got to be another element that I'm completely missing because I'd always been the kind of person who generally just didn't really put on weight and you know throughout that journey I just couldn't shift it it was just not coming off yeah and so it dawned on me that there must be an element that I'm missing I must be missing a link of sorts um my fiance and I at the time we we ended up separating we ended up splitting up and I moved to a different location in London and I think from then on I just embarked on a path of it was four or five months of just me really unpacking things. Yeah. So the tools that I used that really very much helped me were ones that I got introduced to by gorgeous women in my life who had just played this vital part at a vital time. So, you know, when you just meet someone and they say something and it resonates and you take that away and you implement it and the sh- things transform. Yes. Yes. And they're not necessarily teaching you. They're just conversing with you. But you're hearing that thing at the right time for you when you're ready for a shift. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened, really. A collection of meetings, a collection of conversations, Mm -hmm. really fragmented, Mm -hmm. came together into the element that I'd been missing. And the missing link was working on the deeper connection to my body and working from a place in my mind where everything that has happened happened for me not against me or not to me yeah and just taking that full ownership yeah but in practical terms I went through ecstatic dance which is a practice where you just drop all the inhibitions and you just move your body to a to the a piece of music in front of other people so that was that was there's quite a lot of resistance there, but I love dancing, so I very much enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I did some chakra healing workshops, um, energy work, Reiki. I treated myself to massages on a weekly basis for a few months, yeah. and a ton of journaling practice, and of course, um, reading books and listening to podcasts. It was it was quite a jam packed six months where. There was just a lot, a lot of information being absorbed by every inch of me. And yeah, from then on, it's it's still a journey. It's an infinite sure. journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I self-love for oneself. <laughs> I write about it all the time, literally. And it's not that you're being selfish at all in any way, because the way I look at life is you know, if you're not 100% in yourself, then you can't give 100, you know, the the other 100% to anybody else, you know, you've got to be fully charged in your own being um, to be able to give anything back to anyone, really, you know, and so I, I, you know, with, with what you've just, the last bit that you just said about all of the loveliness for yourself, that should be daily right that's literally that should that's just like there's no there's no negotiating on that at all (laughs) I normally do a lot of my my (laughs) self-love and things every single morning before I even talk to see or see anyone or talk any work or anything that's my thing it's like 
I'm booking out an hour of my own time each morning. Now, not I'm, I appreciate not everybody can do that. Um, but even if I say do it in little bite sizes through the day, you know, mm. 10 minute grab here of yourself. What is it you're going to do for those 10 minutes or whatever it will be? But like you said, it's great to hear that you now understand and realize because it takes it you know it comes to us all in different forms in ways that we me and you and other hundreds and thousands of other people represent the fact that love yourself first you know Mm. it is all about that definitely so I just now want to lead on I mean thanks so much as well for getting really quite deep and personal about that personal side of your journey and and you know talking to us about it and uh, re- we really really do appreciate that I know the listeners will 100% as well but also from me like a special thank you but I now want to just lead on to um so since now you know I mean how how long roughly have you really been on this mind body soul sort of journey now from your new awakening moments you know how long has it been now <laughs> It's coming up to four years mm-hmm. and I must admit it started much, much earlier, but it just came to me in small droplets yeah. and I just really wasn't ready to embody that. Mm-hmm. So actually, if I count it from the moment of real deep dive, then three years. Mm-hmm. So it's been three years of deep diving, soul searching, but also just accepting and honoring all the experiences yeah yeah because they're good and bad right you know you can't we can't sort of sugarcoat all of this can we and say oh it's all going to be fantastic and you're going to be great yes you will but normally when you're challenging and facing something major that needs a that needs shifting you will have resistance come up no matter what from what you know to whatever extreme it will feel but you have to go through the dark to see the light all the time do you agree a hundred percent and that just leads me to a really really nice point is um where there is no light without dark exactly there is no good without bad and arguably what is good and bad Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a perception of an individual exactly my bad could be very different to your bad yeah yeah so we live in a world of opposites mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily they're not necessarily separate mm-hmm. they're just different ends of the same pole if you like yeah or different sides of the same coin mm-hmm. and it's never static no a lifeline on a monitor in a hospital is always up and down. It's never just a, you know, it's never a smooth line. That means arguably death. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think when, when one is plateauing through life, and I've definitely been there, that's when it feels like you're actually dying mm-hmm. bit by bit. Yeah. Okay, perhaps you're physically alive and you're still there in the head mm-hmm. and you wake up and you your routine but that's all it is it's just mm-hmm. programmed conditioning routine living yeah as opposed yeah. to fully thriving and fully grasping and embracing every opportunity as an opportunity for for learning for growing yeah. so yes I 100% agree that 
where there's resistance, there is an opportunity for growth. Yeah. But not everybody, we, we get it, but not everybody does, right? So where do they go? What, you know, how do they find all this information? I mean, obviously, you're one of the experts in your field now. You know, you're an NLP coach and that's a lot of neuro-linguistic programming, you know, with a, all to do with the brain and the, everything else. So just explain a little bit about that to the listeners because not everybody's going to know what that actually means. Mm. So NLP is actually a collection of different models and it's it's a modality that's not been invented by just one person, but it's a collection of therapists, psychologists from all over who have tried and tested different models and different sets of tools in their practice. And they just came together and decided to create a much larger umbrella mm-hmm. within which there is a lot of different tools that can be applied for for therapeutic purposes. But in the most simplest, in kind of the simplest terms, NLP focuses on the language and communication in general. Mm-hmm. So actually only a very small percentage of our expression is through words. And that's usually on the conscious level, which we use about 5% of our conscious brain at any given time. We do, yeah. yeah. Which is a very, very small percentage. Yeah. Everything else that's going on, the decision making, the filtering that's happening when when things are happening to us and we, we want to make a decision or take an action, that's all happening usually somewhere underneath. Mm-hmm. So if you if you think of an iceberg, for example, the peak the, the peak that we can see above the water is let's say our conscious mind. Everything else we cannot see. Mm-hmm. And if we have lots of different filters through which we view life, and for me, a filter would be an increased intake of alcohol, increased intake of um, junk food, uh, drug use, for example, that comes specifically from escapism and from wanting to escape reality, mm-hmm. then you're actually not even going to be able to feel what the unconscious is actually telling you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it comes to NLP practices, we really try and tap into the unconscious and access a higher percentage. Yeah. So the, the whole point of neurolinguistic programming is looking at how one expresses themselves mm-hmm. and how that communicates to their unconscious mind and where they have set themselves terms and conditions. Where are the rules coming from? From where are they speaking? Are they speaking from love and surrender to life? Or are we speaking from trauma, uh, wounds, and fear? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, and yeah. I've grown to really understand that holistic approach is the only approach mm-hmm. that one can take when it comes to any type of healing, be it physical, emotional, yeah. or mental. And arguably, they're all one. Yes, they are. So how can we actually separate therapies into a therapy for the mind or a therapy mm. for the body because actually it is integrated we are one core one line if you like so we have to look at everything absolutely it's just that mindset plays a huge huge part of it it does because our thoughts create a reality and our thoughts our thoughts um usually are based around our values 
and that in that that sets the tone for the way we live mm-hmm. for the way we relate yeah because you know a lot of us are just reconditioned from from a young age and um you know we sort of get to teenage early adolescence years and we're just programmed a certain way a lot of us you know and there's no it's very rigid thinking and um you know people sort of keep very much you know within their own minds they don't sort of look out at the bigger picture at you know possibilities and new things and and I actually now want to lead on to because you're the founder of Factory of Health right um so what is this all sort of being connected to what we've just been speaking about for for the last you know half an hour or so is this now is this what is now made you sort of create this beautiful thing that you have because I must say it is just such great knowledge and information that you've got on on the platform you know it's you know so just sort of give us a very brief sort of description as to the reason why you founded that so factor of health initially it started my idea was to connect uh, create a collective of therapists Mm -hmm. of all different modalities so then we have a, a good referral system yeah and that project hasn't manifested yet but it's something that I'm working on on the side yeah and that was born first before factory of health I thought how could we bring wonderful therapists from all parts of the UK and possibly outside and how can we serve an individual with, and just you know just give them a really beautiful menu to mm-hmm. choose from mm-hmm. yeah right and then it just wasn't really happening I wasn't meeting the people that I would have been happy to vouch for in that particular moment so <laughs> interestingly at the time when I came up with the branding with the the name for my business factory of health I was working for an organic food business and I was working in the factory (laughs) right so they were producing organic cereal Mm -hmm. and I kid you not I was thinking about the names for my business and what am I about so what do I represent what do I want to give to others what is my service to you to to everybody else yeah. who is curious about it. And one day I had a dream. Mm-hmm. I woke up in the morning. It was like five o'clock in the morning. I remember very clearly. And I nudged my partner at the time and I said, I've got it. I've got the name. I've got the name. And he was just tired and going, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, it's factor of health. And what I'm offering is for people to manufacture their own well-being they're actually going to take ownership. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them the tools. I'm going to teach them the tools. I'm going to guide them through, hold their hand through the journey for a period of time until they're ready and they can take full ownership of their health and life and do it themselves. Yes. Uh, Yes. So it came to me in a dream. Can you believe it? (laughs) Yeah, I can believe it because that is exactly when it happens. Literally, that's a their signs, aren't they? I love them. Oh my god, that is so inspiring! What a great story, you know, of of your why and your reason behind it as well. Because again, like you said, you know, it's you're collecting lots of 
all sorts of experts from all different fields within the mindfulness umbrella, obviously, or, or you know, in your case, the nutritional side of it as well, mind because it's all connected, mind, body, soul. But I just want to, just before we go, because we're sort of getting to the end of the show for, for, that, for now, but don't worry, everybody, Julia will be back on. But just before we go, Julia, I just want to mention, because you did say that you're... Um, going to be doing a a summer cleanse is that right and could you just tell the listeners about that a little bit about that yes and where where they can get hold of you and stuff if Mm -hmm. they would like to yeah yeah great and thank you for bringing that up that's you're welcome welcome. 100% relevant and is happening sure um so since last year since a year ago Last year in lockdown, I was, I think a lot of us felt lonely, no matter who we were with and no matter where we were. Hey, that's when I started my podcast. Right. I was, so, I just, I love talking and I thought, what am I going to do? So this, this, this baby was born, but carry on. Yes. Which is precisely how things get born is yes. usually they get born through um, when you can slow down mm-hmm. or when you're forced to pause so then when the creativity starts to flow so for me last year I thought what can I do in May you know the weather was super hot if you remember it was like 25 degrees and my body just really felt like it needed a detox Mm -hmm. and I'm a huge huge fan of detoxes in general Mm -hmm. usually detoxes are offered at retreat centers where you have supervision where everything is made for you you just arrive you kick back you switch off your phone and you're in the zone of being served. And obviously that's not something that was available to anybody last year. So what I came up with, I created a concept of community cleansing, which is basically getting a group of people together who are really interested to learn about nutrition, who are interested to learn about seasonality, because my cleanses are spring, summer, autumn, winter. Um, It's a three-day cleanse around the new moon every quarter. And... There is a ton of workshops. Um, we start with the yoga in the morning. We start with breath work and yoga to start the day. We set the tone and intentions. Throughout the day, we communicate and share the pictures of the food that we've created. And in the evening, there is a catch-up call where everybody can share their experience. Because detoxing at a retreat is a completely different experience. You might actually want to be by yourself and not engage with anyone. Whereas last year, the concept was very different. I curate the menu. I create a shopping list. So everybody goes and buys their own ingredients. They have to commit to this journey by themselves. Mm. You have to prepare your own food, which is a big commitment, especially if all you want to do is just sleep in the day, which sometimes happens during a cleanse. Mm -hmm. So the community word came to mind because how it started is I didn't have the funds to pay a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. but a friend of mine who wanted to do the cleanse is a yoga teacher. So she offered yoga every morning. Okay. Another person was a breathwork teacher. He offered breathwork. So okay. that's kind of the idea is yeah. bringing everybody together, health expert or no or, or no expert. Mm-hmm. Let's say that if you're, you're not in the health um realm just yet with regards to work Mm -hmm. whoever is interested in learning more about detox and cleansing and how to reset the body and how to live with the cycles of the season and nature in general can join in 
and you either get kind of allocated a little job in the three days yeah. or you're just a participant and a receiver um, and it's usually done by donation yeah so the next cleanse yes, is going to take say. yes the next cleanse that I'm offering is going to take place from the 9th to the 11th of July okay peak of the summer beautiful time to go inwards with the uh, raw foods the really high vibrational juices yeah. and smoothies mm-hmm. because the su- the energy of the summer is very high and it's very strong it's very easy to get carried away there is so much going on so it's just how do we navigate that energy of the summer and integrate it into our lives yeah. without losing our heads because it's summer do you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. so that's so the next where do they where do they contact you if they want if they're interested where do they reach out to you the best way to find me at the moment is through my instagram page which is factory of health i just want to stop us there for now for this episode because i feel you we've got so much more to cover in your journey and you're continuously evolving anyway as you're going along and so there's always going to be new things that we can discuss and like i said at the beginning of this episode I would absolutely love for you to come on again anyway. Um, And we can open up so much more of this loveliness of layers that you can offer us. Um, But for now, we're going to say goodbye to the listeners. So if you'd like to say goodbye, Julia. Yes, thank you, um, Nicola. It's been really a pleasure and an honour to speak with you today and to share. Welcome. um, To share a little bit from my side. It's always nice to be heard and received. So thank you for your... Thank you for your presence. And thank you so much to everybody who has listened to this podcast. And I'm really, really excited to reconnect with you again. Mm. Oh, yes. I feel like I can't call you my soul sister because I already have a soul sister. But I feel like I could call you my soul twin, maybe. Because we've got this real. Like we've only lit this the first rules. Well, actually, second sort of we've never ever met in person obviously not not at this stage but <laughs> just feel like even through a screen um this energy that we're both vibrating is like on a real high frequency and I am super super excited that we've uh, the alignment the stars have met at the right time for us to be fair with the universe so I'm thanking the universe for connecting us two together um and For now, everybody that's been listening today, thank you again for your time. And if you've made it to the end of this episode, much, much love. Please, if you know of anyone that really could sort of do with a little bit of um, an uplift or any inspiration at all for this episode, pass it along, share it. For now, everyone, until next time, love and light.